You know, when I was a young man, um, say six years old, I had a dream to be an astronaut. That's what I wanted to do as a six-year-old. My dad told me there's a lot of math involved in there. You're going to have to do a lot of different stuff to be able to be an astronaut. Um, about eight years old, we go to Six Flags, and if you've been to Six Flags, there's a thing called Dungeon of Doom, which is basically you go straight up, and they just drop you. I did that, and I realized I do not want to be an astronaut. Um, and so my dream changed a little bit. I wanted to be a pilot. That's a little bit different. Same kind of concept, unfortunately, but a little different. And that was a dream I had, and that was a vision I had for myself. The older I got, the more I started thinking about this vision and what I, this dream of what I wanted to be. Became an engineer because some of my cousins were engineers, so I wanted to become an engineer. Then... I decided to get married, and do you know what that ended up making me decide? That I wanted to be married and have a job that provides for my family. It wasn't about what I dreamt when I was younger, what I wanted to do. I wanted to take care of my family. That's what became my vision. That's what became my dream, was to take care of my family. In whatever way that was, in whatever manner that was going to be, that's what my, that was going to be my dream, and that is my dream today still, is to take care of my family, provide in whatever way that means. Many times in life, however, we find that we have no vision, and where there's no vision, where we don't have any sort of goal, when we don't have any sort of idea of what we want to do with our life, whenever we don't have a plan for us, there's some things that happen when you don't do that. There's some problems that you run into when you don't have a plan, when you don't have a vision. You know, Proverbs 29, verse 18 is a verse that's used a lot to, to, to talk about this concept of where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. You know, we focus a lot on the where there is no vision, the people perish, and I have been guilty of Assuming that that means simply if I've got a goal, I've got a dream, this is, this is what it means. If I don't have a dream, I'm going to perish. You know, I've, I've been guilty of thinking that about this particular verse. But you know, in the ESV, it says it, some, says it a little bit differently. And it really kind of opened my eyes to what this concept was really talking about. Proverbs 29, verse 18 in the ESV version says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. This isn't only talking about setting a goal for your life. This isn't talking about setting a, a decision that you're making to set a goal. It's talking about prophetic vision. Now, I want you to understand, back in this time, you're talking about people who would have had direct word from God through prophets and things like that. So, Paul, so, so Solomon is talking about this idea of prophetic vision of revelation from God. If you look this verse, if you look at this word, what it's talking about was revelation oracles, basically teaching, guidance from God. So where there's no guidance and where there's no teaching from God, people cast off restraint. That word perish doesn't mean they're going to die. It means they cast off restraint or the idea of being naked, exposed, vulnerable. 
So if you look at this verse, where there is no vision, the people cast off, people are vulnerable, but he who is but blessed is he who keeps the law, it puts that idea into a different context. Now, it doesn't, in, no, in no way does it diminish the idea of setting a goal in your life. In no way does it diminish that aspect of it. Because guess what? If you're a Christian today, you should be following the teachings and guidance given to you by God. If you don't want to be vulnerable, if you don't want to be unrestrained, to do whatever your heart is determined to do, you're going to want to have a vision for your life. And you're going to want to have a vision in your life. There's a person that we're going to talk about this morning that shows us what happens when there is no vision. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. You know, this time period is very interesting to me. Because we're talking about a specific time period in the children of Israel. They have come from, uh, from Egypt. They've been led into the promised land. Joshua has conquered all the people around him. And the judges have been, judges have been set up because they... The children of Israel have gone through cycles of following God, not following God, following God, not following God. All of that has continually happened. And right now, at this point of the story, is at the end of the judges, right before kings start becoming uh, the thing in, in the children of Israel, before King Saul, before King David. Samuel is the last judge of the children of Israel. But before Samuel becomes a judge, he is ministering underneath a high priest or a priest um, of the children of Israel, Eli. And it says here, the word of the Lord was rare and there was no frequent vision. I want you to consider the idea or think about the idea that not that God didn't already give them things to know. God had given them the law, Moses' law. God had given them that. They had that to follow, to, to do what they needed to do. But God wasn't speaking as frequently to prophets. God wasn't speaking directly to those prophets as frequently as he used to. Instead, he kind of expected, I would assume, for those children of Israel to follow the law that has been given to them and to choose to do that, not without having somebody directly tell them what to do. But I want you to understand something here. It was rare and it was infrequent. And because of that, there's a situation, an environment that has developed or an environment that has become prevalent in the children of Israel because of that concept of no frequent vision, of no frequent word of God coming to them, of teaching, of guidance given to them by a prophet. Judges chapter 18 is where we're going to start this idea, show you where this environment is shown. That's where it starts. In Judges 18, the tribe of Dan, one of the children of Israel, one of the tribes of Israel, the tribe of Dan, sends out a group of about 600 men, and they go to a neighboring area. Now, they were, what they were doing was going to conquer some people that lived there. That was their goal. That was what they were supposed to do. But what, on their way to, to do that, they stop off at a neighboring tribe's 
uh, I guess, tribesmen, if you want to call them that. And they see his stuff, and they see the things that he's got. He's got an idol. And what they decide to do is they decide to steal it. Once they've destroyed the other people, they decide to set up that idol. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Chapter 19, the Levites, the priesthood tribe. There's a man there in, in the Levite tribe who has a concubine. And what happens is he goes into another city. And the men of that city, the, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, and the men of that city take that concubine and they abuse her to the point that she dies. And then the Levite takes that person who's died, cuts them up into little pieces and sends them off to the other tribes to say, look what has happened. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, the children of Israel find out what has happened and they are up in arms, rightfully so, against the children of, or the, the, the tribe of Benjamin. And so what happens is there's a civil war and they destroy nearly all the men in the tribe of Benjamin, an, an entire tribe of Israel, the chosen people of God is nearly destroyed. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Judges chapter 21, the end of that chapter says, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's a favorite verse of mine because it just shows the Honestly, the the depths that humanity can get to when we're left on our own. We do what is right in our own eyes. Well, it doesn't just stop there. Samuel chapter 2, this is all still happening in the judges' time period. Eli, who is one of the priests, has two sons who are evil. They're supposed to be taking care of God's temple, or God's tabernacle, doing the things of God. That's their job. That's their role. And what's actually found out is they're doing things that are not appropriate with the ladies that take care of the tabernacle. They're stealing food from sacrifices that these people, these children of Israel are putting out. They're evil men. And these are, this is the people of God. This is the tribe of God that's supposed to minister where there is no vision The people perish. Eli is supposed to be that vision. He's supposed to be guiding these people in what is right and what is good. Where there is no vision, the people perish. It all culminates in the idea that the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God, the symbol of God's people, is captured and taken away by the Philistines. As you read through all of these situations, you see all these situations, all you see is chaos. Chaos after chaos. Issues, problems, things happening because there is no vision. Because people aren't turning to God. Because people aren't focusing and being taught and being guided how to be. This is where Samuel is born into. And this is where Samuel is started his life. When Samuel comes into power as a prophet because he is known to be a person that God is talking to and and revealing things to, and he is guiding and teaching, he has been given vision 
Samuel talks to the people. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3 through 4. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods. Read verse 4. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. How powerful is that? The man, the one man, Samuel, who has become the judge of Israel because of direct relationship with God, he has changed the hearts and minds of an entire people to do what is right, to put away idols and to do what God has asked them to do and to serve God only. A man with vision. Where there is a vision, blessed are those people. When you have a vision, when you have people who say, I'm going to teach and I'm going to guide, I'm going to do what is right, good things are going to happen. What about your family? Does your family have a vision today? Fathers, you are to set that vision. That is a huge task to be put on us as fathers. That's not to say that mothers aren't important, but guess what? As a leader of your household, you are to set the vision. Samuel was a leader. He became the judge of the children of Israel, and he set the stage for what the children of Israel were going to do. He became the judge, and and the entire time Samuel was a judge, the children of Israel did what they were supposed to do. Think about the person in charge before that, Eli. What happened when he was in charge? And he didn't guide, and he didn't teach, and he just let his children do whatever they wanted to. What happened? Chaos. The children of Israel were chaotic. Fathers, you have a responsibility to set a vision for your family. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son, my father tender with my with when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother. He taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments and live. I have, ne- I have, this was a beautiful passage to me that I've never seen, that in my mind I've never seen before. Solomon is talking about his children, and he says, listen to my teaching. Listen to my teaching because my father taught me. And he said, keep my commandments and live. Fathers, you have a responsibility to set a vision for your family. A responsibility to direct your children in the way they're going to go. You have a responsibility. Without vision, the people perish. Without vision, your children become vulnerable. Without vision, your children are going to be naked and exposed to what the world's going to be able to throw at them. Hear a father's instruction and be attentive. Fathers, take your responsibility seriously. And know that you set the vision for your family. I did something that came to, came to me within probably about a couple of minutes as far as putting this sermon together last, putting, typing it up last night. 
typing it up, not putting it together, typing it up, just so you know, Ty. <laughs> and I text, sent out a bunch of texts to just a group of people, random, uh, uh, men that I, that I know and that I respect and, and know what they are about as men who lead their families. I sent out this text and I asked the question, what is one thing that you want your children to leave home having gained from you? And what was your vision for your family? Let me ask you, is this something that you've considered as a father to ask yourself? You're responsible for this. Have you asked yourself these questions before? I ask people that I, again, that I trust and that I respect. And I got a lot of responses that I would like to share with you guys this morning. A family's vision. Everything we did was to constantly point our children to Christ and for them to carry that on to their families. Always prioritize the spiritual above physical. Have a practical understanding and application of the atoning work of Christ. Have and be an example of a Christian foundation to those around you. Understand the role of forgiveness in the life of a Christian. Work ethic. Do your best at everything. Not just work. That's church. That's being a father. That's being a mother. Do your best at whatever it is. We wanted our children, our kids, to decide them to make the decision to dedicate themselves to God. Now, again, like I said, I'm keeping this anonymous for a reason, but I want to tell you, these are men that I greatly respect, and these are men that I greatly trust. And I know these men, and I know their family. Some of them are are elders and pastors. Some are uh, evangelists. Some are deacons. Some are just men in the congregations that I know. And guess what? I, I have seen what has happened with their decisions. And if you knew each one of these quotes, you could see that vision in these people. You could see the way that they have handled their children, the way they have raised their family and directed their steps. You can see it in their older children. And maybe they still have children. If you saw some were present tense, some were past tense. You can see it. We pray that our children understand the need for God and develop an authentic faith that is their own. This is a man who is setting a vision for his family. He knows what he wants for his children. Traits we want them to come away with is temperance, self-control, and good character. That's what I want to teach my children. That's the vision that I am placing before them. I am setting a vision before them. Have a passion for Christ. Have a passion for Christ. I know everybody knows who this one is. Remember who you are and whose you are. These are men who have very, very concisely, and it was funny listening to them. They're like, really, one? I have to pick one thing? but very concisely have figured out a way to say, this is the vision for my family. 
Fathers, do you have a vision for your family? Because remember, without vision, the people perish. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, and these words I command you today that you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Do you understand and do you take seriously the responsibility that you have to teach diligently? Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Guess what? Mothers, you have a responsibility to not undermine what your, your leader is doing for your family. You have a responsibility not to undermine, but rather to help teach, be a help meet to the man that is setting a vision for your family. What about the church? Do you have a vision for the church today? Do you know what the vision is for the church today? You know, God and Christ obviously have a vision for the church as a whole. And that is to make disciples of all nations, to baptize, to teach them to observe all things, that I, all that I have commanded you. You know, that's a pretty broad thing to say because there's so many different ways that that can happen. There's so many different things and ways and avenues that that can happen. But it, you, you start going off on a different things and you start doing, trying every different way, you're never going to get anything accomplished. Have you ever heard the, the, the phrase, a jack of all trades but a master of none? If you constantly are doing all these different things but don't actually have a vision, you're not going to really get anything done. When God asks us to do this, he, there's a vision, but it's a broad vision. We need to narrow that down. Guess what? Elders, you set the vision for your local congregation. Elders, you set the vision for your congregations. Paul is talking to the elders in Acts chapter 20, verse 17, and and then in verse 28. Paul's not going to see these uh, elders of the church of Ephesus ever again. And he has some parting words for them. And he gathers all the elders of the church to come to him. That were at Ephesus. And he says, pay careful attention to yourself and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church, which he has obtained with his own blood. He has set elders in place to set a vision for that congregation in that area. God has placed the elders there for that reason, to shepherd and to oversee There's a broad scope of teaching and baptizing and teaching all things that's being narrowed down by the men that have been placed in leadership. Are you taking your job seriously and are you doing your job to set a vision for the church? You know, I asked the very same question to elders and others as related to the church. Because again, this is a powerful thing to think about, about setting a vision, not only for your family, but for the church as a whole. What is one thing that you want for your church or, and for the church? And what would be your vision for your church? Again, I got plenty of responses there too, of men who came with some very concise answers for what they want as elders and shepherds and overseers as a vision Teaching guidance for their church. Do not be rule followers, but obey because you are compelled by the love of God, our love of Christ. 
I want to restore the New Testament church here and see every member under my oversight reach heaven. That's his vision. That's what he wants. I would like to see our churches be able to adapt to impact the world effectively, how we communicate using technology, things like that. Pick up their own trash. Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. That was funny to me. Somebody had building prep recently, I guess. (laughs) Unity as a body of true disciples, providing a refuge for the hurting. That's what these men want for their congregations. That's the vision that they want to set. To have a desire and a love to serve God and Jesus. Show our community the love of Christ through our testimony and through, the, through those in the scriptures so that they can be forgiven. This is visions that men and leaders of the congregations have to reach the lost with the gospel and keep the saved. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I'm pointing out to you men and leaders who have a vision for their churches. I'm showing you vision of men who are doing their best to lead their families, to lead their congregations so that they are not vulnerable, so that they are not naked and exposed. Rather, they're going to be blessed and they're going to prosper and they're going to flourish. College Park's mission statement. Have you read that recently? You know, we write this, we have this on our bulletin. I made sure to look. We do have it on our bulletin. (laughs) To seek and save lost souls and provide a place of refuge for hurting souls. That's our mission statement, but... I decided to take it a step further and actually talk to both the, the elders and just ask what the same questions that I did before. Rather than just taking this at face value, I asked them, what is your vision and what do you want for the church? You know, their first thing, Ty said, have a passion and a love for Christ and God's word. That's, the, that's what Ty, one of our elders and shepherds and overseers, wants for our congregation. He wants each and every one of us have a passion and a love for Christ and God's word. That's his desire for each and every one of us. He has set a vision. He has shown us what he wants for us that fits in the framework of what God wants as a church. Jerry, don't hide the fact that you're not perfect. You're not. But serve anyway. It's not about you. It's about Christ through you. These are your elders. These are the men that God has placed in charge of your souls. This is the vision that they have for you and what they want for you. This morning I decided to send another text because I really didn't frame the first question very well and I sent them another text and I kind of just wanted to see what they would do on the fly. I said, what is your vision for the church? And this is what both of them within two seconds said. Your elders, one is in Harlingen right now. He got a text from me. Ty is sitting here. 
And the same answer that I got was this. You want to talk about a church who has leaders who have set a vision together for their congregation? Within two seconds, both of them sent me the same thing. Do you know how powerful that was to me to see? You know how awesome that was to know that this congregation has leadership who has set a vision, who knows what they want for this congregation, what they want for each and every one of us, how to be an impact in our communities, to love God with all that we have. That's what they want for us. And to be an impact in our community by loving our neighbors like ourselves. That's what they want. That means each and every one of us love each other regardless of issues and things that we have against each other. We love each other and serve God. We've set a vision for that. The leaders have set a vision. And members, guess what? We have to follow that vision. We have to choose to follow that vision. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 through 18. Obey your leaders and submit, for they keep watch. Let them do so with joy. Pray for them. Because they're desiring to act honorably in all things. You know, they have made decisions in this last week that were difficult decisions to make. They had to make those decisions for us. I did not want to make that decision. I am glad somebody else did that. But I am thankful for leadership who are desiring to do honorable things. Pray for them. Pray for them that they do the right thing. And obey and submit because you want to. Because they watch for your souls. Habakkuk 2 verse 2. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. You know, at the end of the day, we can set a vision, we can have a vision. It could be like my dream of being an astronaut one day. That was not going to happen. But you know, becoming an engineer and setting a plan and sitting down with my wife and saying, these are the classes that I'm going to do, setting a plan to make things happen, that became what I did. My vision became a reality because I set it down and I knew what I was going to do. And because I knew what I was going to do, I was able to run to it. I was able to attain, I was able to do what I set out to do. The elders have set a vision for us. They have written it down. To seek and save lost souls. To be a place of refuge for those that are hurting. That is our mission statement They have written it down. Are you going to run to it? Are you going to run to it? Fathers, you have the ability to set your vision for your family. Maybe you haven't done that yet. That's fine. Do it now. Set a vision. Write your vision. Make it plain so that your children, your family, those that are under you can follow and run to it and do it.